0: The last season of Pac-12 basketball is off to an exciting start. The next Pac-12 beat reporter, Michelle Smith, is here to talk all things Pac-12 from Utah and UCLA to the conference's hot start and who and what to watch moving forward. Locked On Women's Basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for
1: the win. Good. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.
0: Hello and happy Friday. You are locked on women's basketball. I'm host Natalie Heverin and I'm a features writer and the Atlantic 10 beat reporter for the next. Thanks for making locked on women's basketball your first listen every day. And remember locked on women's basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. If this is your first time listening to Locked On Women's Basketball, we at The Next have over 100 reported pieces every single month. We have a beat reporter on every single WNBA team, uh, one on more than 15 different NCAA beats, including the two of us. So get that YouTube subscription up and you can also support us by subscribing to The Next, $9 a month, $72 a year at TheNextTubes.com. Today, we'll be chatting all about the Pac-12, including what we've learned about UCLA and Utah in the first week, um, and a half, as well as other teams and players to keep an eye on and non-conference games to add to your calendar. Joining me today is the next Pac-12 beat reporter, Michelle Smith. So Michelle, what statement has the Pac-12 made so far in its last
1: year as we know it? pretty big one, <laughs> Um, with one loss. I think we're still, are we still at one loss or did we pick up a second loss last night? Might have picked up a second loss last night. Um, But just, you know, among the conference teams, the record has been really strong. They've had some really high profile wins. Um, this is a good conference. I think everybody thinks that, you know, it's, it's ironic that it's the last conference last conference season for the Pac-12. It's depressing. We won't start on that again. Um, but it's, you know, we've got a lot of, you know, we've got a lot of experienced teams who've added some really great pieces, and we've got some exciting freshmen. And it's just been a really, really great start for the Pac-12 so far.
0: Yeah, and I, I did double check uh, Arizona State loss. So the Pac-12 is at two losses um, in about a week and a half which not not many conferences can say. Um, and two teams that started the week in the top five this week were UCLA and Utah. So why don't we dive into them, starting with UCLA. Who have the Bruins played so far, and what have you learned about the team so far?
1: Yeah, it's interesting to talk about Utah and UCLA because I feel like in many ways, even, they're the top two ranked teams in the Pac-12, and the teams that, at least heading into the week, we knew the least about, um, and I'll go UCLA. I mean, we're going to know UCLA is putting up a lot of points. They have six players scoring in double figures. Lauren Betts, the, um, sophomore transfer from Stanford is, you know, averaging a double double right now. It, and they look great and they haven't quite played anybody yet. Um, and so they're going to play, if they've played so far, you know, they played Purdue. That's a good win. That's a, you know, power five win. UC Riverside, Bellerman. They're going to play Princeton today, and then next week they've got Connecticut. And we're going to learn some things about UCLA. We're going to learn about, you know, whether that offense, which is really, really key to UCLA, you know, the two things that UCLA and Utah have in common right now is they can score. They can score a lot of points on you. They've got a lot of different offensive choices. They've got a lot of go-to players. Um, But we're going to learn much, much more about UCLA next week when they play UConn. We'll learn about them defensively we will learn, you know, we're just going to know more about what kind of team they are as one of the, you know, two top-ranked teams out of the Pac-12. After that, it's Niagara, Arkansas, Northridge. Um, They'll have another game. there. And then they've got two more games coming up in December. They've got Florida State and Ohio State back-to-back. So UCLA has a challenging non-conference schedule. It's just more on the back end of the schedule as you get closer to conference play. And I think that we're going to see a lot more and know a lot more about UCLA. But the thing that they have that I think is critical, that a lot of the Pac-12 teams have, is maturity, particularly in that back part. Charisma Osmond is a fifth-year senior, and she leads that team with a really steady hand. She's a really consistent player for them. Uh, she'll be a WNBA draft pick. And having that kind of maturity at your point guard, I think any, any coach across the country would love to have that.
0: And you
1: mentioned the
0: the scoring. Who has you know started or continued to make a name for themselves early on in this season for the Bruins?
1: Well, I mean, I think you got to look at Bets right now because she transferred. She was playing behind camera Brink at Stanford. Um, Stanford last year when Bets was there had a lot of post players, and and Bets was in a rotation. And this year she is a featured post. And so I think Bets is the one that's busting out right now. That's in a in a way. That we were waiting to watch and see if if Betts, given the playing time would be the player that made her the number one recruit in the country. And right now, you know, they're feeding her. She's allowed averaging 11 rebounds a game. Um, I think she's working on like 19, 19 or so points a game. She's <clears throat> really she's doing it for them. Um, so she's a player. I think we're going to watch all year and see if, you know, this if getting the playing time, if being the person, the go-to player inside is really going to make, give her a breakthrough season.
0: And has anything surprised you so far about UCLA or are you still waiting to see more from them?
1: I don't have enough information yet. I'm not surprised by anything yet. Um, I, you know, I think that they're going to be tested and I think they're going to be tested headed into in that run up to a Pac-12 season that's going to test them as well. And so, you know, with UCLA, the thing has always been we anticipate, you know, we anticipate UCLA being a strong team. And this goes back to the Jordan Canada, Monique Billing days. And then, you know, just Corey Close having really, really strong teams that are really, really, really good, but don't quite get to great. And I want to see if this UCLA team is going to get to great.
0: And then you mentioned wanting to learn a couple more things about the team and, and some upcoming games. Is there anything specifically that you're looking for more than just, you know, how the offense or defense responds to teams like UConn?
1: Well, I want to know how the defense is going to respond to a team like UConn for sure. I want to see how, um, you know, Kiki Rice in her sophomore season, she was one of the big names that we talked about as a freshman last year. Um, London Jones, who is kind of their sniper off the bench, who comes in and shoots threes. I want to see how they make that sophomore jump. I'm watching that to see what, you know, what kind of sophomore seasons these two are going to have, because that's also going to be really critical. I mean, this is, in a lot of ways, a pretty young UCLA team. Betts is a sophomore. Rice is a sophomore. Jones is a sophomore. You know, you've got Osborne as that anchor as the fifth-year senior, but you have a lot of young players on this team. Um, you know, Emily Besoise Jr., like they, this is a young team still.
0: And how do you think that may either help or hurt them as the season continues?
1: Um, provided everybody grows the way that they look like they're going to continue to grow, I think it's going to serve them well and it's going to set them up well. But I'm not, I, I'm not ready yet to sort of see how this knockdown drag out pac twelve season is gonna look. I want to know more about some teams, except that I know that it's gonna be a knockdown drag out Pac-Twelve season. We were just chatting about how many losses the first place team in the Pac-Twelve is gonna have by the time they get to the conference tournament. And I think it can be a handful. I think it's gonna be it I don't know that I see anybody running through this conference undefeated. And it's early to talk about conference play, but you see a lace in that mix. So what you want to learn about them is how they respond after a loss. What you want to learn about them is, you know, how they're going to play defense against some of the better offensive teams in the country. And a team like Utah or a team like Connecticut is definitely going to bring that for them.
0: Yeah. Especially, uh, I know this is a Pac-12 episode, but especially after UConn's, I believe, 80 to 48 win over a a top 20 team in Maryland. Um, Yeah. And, you know, we saw what Stanford did to Maryland as well uh, over the weekend um, or was Indiana. it? Yeah. Indiana, yeah, Indiana, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, excited to see how that um, goes moving forward. Um, and coming up next, we'll talk about Utah, another team that had an interesting first week and a half, as well as other teams that, that made a splash as well. This show is sponsored by Better Well, I'm looking forward to seeing my family this holiday season. I know I struggle with the seasonal blues, especially now that the sun is setting before 5 p.m. This time of year can be a lot, and it's normal to feel sadness, anxiety, or both about it. Therapy can serve as something to look forward to, help you feel grounded, and give you some tools to manage the stress and change that the holiday season can bring. Therapy has been incredibly helpful for me. I've learned so many good coping skills and it's helped me become a better version of myself all year round, but especially during the long, mostly dark months of winter. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, which means it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just have to fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you need to change therapists, you can do so at any time at no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Tide. I love the GameTime app. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And you can look at the view from every seat in the venue, which I just think is the coolest thing. GameTime is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up until the start of an event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater and more. With Zone Deals, you pick the section and GameTime picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Locked on has launched the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. So Michelle, moving on to Utah, who have Mm -hmm. the youths played so far and what have you learned about the team so far?
1: The youths, excuse me, youths got off to a pretty quiet start until they played Baylor on Monday night at Baylor. It's a tough game and Baylor is one of those teams that we're, you know, we're wondering how good they are. And so we definitely got a sense of that, um, in a win over Utah. So Utah took the Pac-12's first loss and took its first loss in a tough road game. It was a, Tough environment. Alyssa Peely, who is, you know, was last year's Pac-12 Player of the Year. It's an All-American candidate. She sat a lot of the first half with foul trouble, Um, which told me a lot about how much they rely on Peely. Um, that, you know, she came out, she scored 22 in the second half. She's a great player. But you can't have your best player on the bench in the first half in a tough, you know, in a tough non-conference road game. And then, you know, they they were playing catch up throughout the game and they just couldn't they just couldn't get over the hump. So I learned, you know, Utah's another team that's going to put up a ton of points. They've got a lot of scores. They've got Gianna Niepkins. They've got Izzy Palmer. Like They have a lot of things. But, um, you know, when you've got the best one of the best players in the country in, you know, in the center of your offense and she has to go out because of extended period of foul trouble. That was a struggle for them. It was the first time. I mean, they put up like 108 and 104 points in their first couple of games against, you know, some not very tough competition for them. But, you know, they put up 74 against Baylor in a game where, you know, Peely had to sit a lot. So that tells me something. Um, and their schedule moving forward, they've got South Carolina um, in Uncasville, Connecticut, on December the 10th. Um, and so – Kudos to these teams from South Carolina and UConn to these Pac-12 teams who are taking on these matchups in the non-conference. It's thrilling for the fans, and it's a great barometer. But South Carolina is going to be tough. Um, and Peely and Cardozo, and like, it's really just going to be – it's going to be a big, big test for Utah, that um, who only has a couple of those really in their non-conference schedule.
0: And you mentioned that Peely had to sit a lot. Um how do you hope that maybe the team sees that and adjusts that um or any other adjustments uh to take away from that loss to Baylor?
1: Well it's early in the season and so I think the adjustment mostly, frankly, is on Peely's part. We've watched, for example, Stamp Camera Break at Stanford spend you know a lot of time trying to figure out how to stay out of foul trouble with body positioning and things. Um, you know, and Peely's a senior and she'll figure it out, but it's you know it's early in the season, and, you know, I don't know. I missed the first half of that game coming home from work, so I don't know if it was, you know, if those are calls, those are fouls that are avoidable. If because she's a big body inside, she's getting called for some things, but avoiding foul trouble is going to be really, really important for them because they're not that deep inside. Peely was the player who came in and gave them a post presence, and she still is their main post presence and their go-to scorer, so she gets down the floor.
0: And then are there any other individual players that have stood out to you um either positively or negatively so far?
1: Well, Neepkins has been great. Jana Neepkins who, you know, looks like, you know, I mean, she's just this very young looking with the big bouncy ponytail and she's just a killer from perimeter. Um She's just, you know, they call, they call Steph the baby face assassin. I sort of look at Neapkins kind of the same way. She just, you know, she just looks like a really unassuming kid. And then she comes in and she'll just, you know, drill you from three. So I'm really, really impressed with the way that she's playing. But you know, again, they're putting up up until Baylor, they're putting up a hundred points a game. And so they're getting scoring from a lot of places. And I'm just really, really interested again to see how they sustain that and how that go, how that moves into the Pac-12 season. Um, but I thought I learned a little bit more about Utah against Baylor and we're going to learn some more in a couple weeks.
0: And before we wrap up this segment, what other teams have stood out to you so far? Um, I know Stanford had that win over Indiana. Um, anything else?
1: Yeah. Stanford looks really, really good to me. Um, and maybe even weirdly in a surprising way, like I was a little bit surprised they started the season ranked 15. I thought that was too low. Um, but it's the Kiki area often has been, you know, the player that they hoped that she would be to start this season. And I hope for Stanford's sake, she keeps it up. Um, last year she had off to a really strong start and then sort of dropped off in that post rotation. She just was struggling a little bit with consistency, but she looks great. Um, I would say that I think I'm interested in how, I mean, Colorado, Colorado obviously had the big, had the big marquee win at the start with LSU. And I think that they're just going to be a dangerous team all season. Um, I'm keeping one eye on Oregon state. Um, I think with Tamia Gardner back with Talia von Olhoffen, they've got an experienced point guard. Like I just think that they're Reagan beers, who was Pac-12 freshman of the year last year, they have an opportunity to make some noise in a way that they haven't in a couple of years. I just don't see that program being held down for super long. I think they had a rough COVID go, and they're trying to, you know, get it back, and I think they're going to be dangerous. And USC, Juju Watkins. Um, Juju's already got a national name. Um So, I mean, they're, but there are just so many teams. Washington State's going to be good. I think the teams at the bottom of the conference are better. I think Arizona State is better than it was last year. I think Cal is better than it was. Um I mean, Washington – You know, I think Washington is better. I think Oregon is still a question mark Um, and, you know, how much better they'll get. And they've got a couple of really, really good young players. But this conference is going to be crazy.
0: And, you know, you've covered the Pac-12 for a long time. Is this the best the Pac-12 has looked, maybe top Mm -hmm. to bottom in, in a while?
1: Yeah, I, yes. I mean, I think that the, the the ability to have fifth-year seniors playing their fifth year of college basketball has a lot to do with that. A lot of kids came back to the Pac-12, and they stayed um, one more year. There are a lot of kids doing one more year. I think Arizona's got two, um, as Mary Martinez and Elena Puello. You've got um, Osborne. You've got Hannah Jump at Stanford. You've got, you know, Jalen Sherrod and Quay Miller. I mean, like a lot of kids decided to take that fifth year. And I think that really elevates a lot of teams in the conference. Um, when those players have that opportunity. So yeah, I mean I think this is as good I think this is as good a season at the right time that I've seen for the pack in a while. And I think those fifth years have a lot to do with it.
0: Coming up next, we'll talk about what players to watch and and other non-conference games to watch as the season continues to unfold. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday each Tuesday. Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. With the NBA season here and the NFL season in full, swing, I'm now really excited to pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. A league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. So we've talked about a lot of players um, so far, but are there some players to watch? Uh, for you as the season continues.
1: Yeah, I, I want to watch, um, I really want to see Colorado and how their follow up is to the, um, the big LSU win. I want to watch, um, you know, a player like Frida Foreman and who's such a dangerous perimeter player and, um, and Aaronette Von um, Nettie they call her. And, and she had a great game against LSU. And I really, really want to see how she continues to develop. Um, I am I'm keeping an eye on Tamia Gardner at Oregon State. She was the um top recruit in program history. She had some issues with blood clots last season and she had to sit out the non-conference and she got off to a slow start as she got her conditioning back. But she has the potential to be a game changer for Oregon State. Um, You know, I'm going to keep an eye on L.A. I mean, I think, you know, we've got, you know, Watkins and you've got Aliyah down there who's recovering, who's back on the floor now after um that nationally known story about all of the gunshots and um that she took in a house party in Las Vegas. And she's playing again. It's just, I think there's a lot of really, really good stories um around the PAC 12 and just so many good teams. I'm going to watch Washington state, you know, Clarice Ledger Walker has been, um, you know, they won the PAC 12 tournament last year for the first time ever. And Bella Mercatete is one of those fifth year players who came back and she's playing alongside Ledger Walker again. And what's Washington state going to do? And, you know, Oregon State and Washington State are in this position, right? Like they're the two left behind teams in the pack and their future is still being worked out in court. And, you know, how do you know, how are they going to move forward as programs and how do they maximize their visibility to recruits this season by having really, really good seasons um, when recruits are not sure where they're going to be playing next year? So I think these are really important seasons in particular for Oregon State and Washington State and their future of their programs.
0: And I know you wrote about this, but for people that maybe haven't checked out your Pac-12 non-conference games to watch story, um, yeah. what upcoming games should people put on their calendar?
1: Well, and not all of them. I mean, we've got some big ones coming up, but, you know, we're hitting that Thanksgiving. Now we're hitting that Thanksgiving window. So, you know, so next week, you know, we've got Washington State against Maryland um, in Cancun. That's going to be a great game. I mean, it's hard because some of these games we don't get to see when they go, you know, when they go far away. But that's going to be a really, really good game. Arizona State, you know, they're building and, um, they're going to play Texas and they're going to play Texas in the Virgin Islands. I'm really watching, for example, in particular, some of these matchups that we're going to get, um, over that Thanksgiving break. We've got, I'm checking the schedule. We, so, you know, UConn and, um, UCLA is actually not one of those tournament games, which is interesting. But you NC State and Colorado on um, Saturday, the November 25th. That's going to be another opportunity for Colorado to show itself against a team that just beat UConn. So there's going to be a lot of good games coming up. Um, I'm looking. I'm running that schedule down to see which ones are hopping out at me over the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, I mean, we've still got games. You know, Stanford is still going to play. I think Stanford still has Ohio State on the schedule. I think um we've got, you know, I'm bummed that there's no Tennessee Stanford on the schedule this year for the first year in a long time, but we've got some good games. Oregon's going to play Baylor in early December. Um, You know, Stanford's going to go to Gonzaga. Gonzaga's showing itself to be a good team. Like there's just a lot of really good matchups here now that you've got a lot of good teams and you really want to see what they're about.
0: And, you know, this is a broad question intentionally, but what are you excited to see the rest of this season? Um, I know you you have a lot of feelings about the last Pac-12 season, but what are you excited about?
1: I'm excited that teams are so put together and playing so well. I'm excited th- about the the big wins in, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, the Pac-12 would play these games and they might win like half of them and you would say, "Okay, what do I make of that?" you know, and then the Pac-12's ascension and ironically due to, honestly, the exposure of the Pac-12 network. I mean, it's so ironic that that network has been such an albatross for the conference, but such a boon for women's basketball in the conference. Um, and, you know, and I know even, Natalie, you were telling me before we went on that it's hard for, to watch games. But on the West Coast, the number of West Coast kids that have stayed home because of the exposure that they get and for their families and things on the Pac-12 network. So I'm just excited to see people play well. Um I want to just remind everybody, Tara's um, down to 14 wins before she ties Mike Krzyzewski as the sports all-time winningest coach, not just women's basketball's all-time winningest coach. So there's going to be a huge milestone period for Tara, probably um, mid and early in the Pac-12 season. Um, another milestone for Tara because she just keeps cranking them out. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things I'm excited about, but it's so bittersweet. And I and, and I got to get out of my feelings about it at some point, but I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon. It's just so bittersweet because um, it's just such a good conference, and these teams have been together. And to imagine, you know, to imagine that UCLA and Arizona aren't going to play every year, and to imagine like some of these, you know, some of these rivalries and some of these matchups that they're going to go away unless people decide to play each other in the non conference. But I think there are a lot of feelings to be worked out among all those programs as well about how they all ended up in um in this, you know, how they all ended up in far flung places across the country. So I you know, I'm just excited to watch the quality of play. I want to watch the young players. I want to see what Lauren Betts does and Juju Watkins does and some of these freshmen that have come in and what they're going to do. Um but it's still it's still bittersweet.
0: Thank you for joining me today, Michelle. I always learn so much from you, um, especially as you mentioned, because it's hard for me to watch some of those Pac-12 games that are on the Pac-12 network, but where can people find you and your work?
1: Yep. You can find me on the next, um, doing Pac-12 work. I've got hopefully another story coming up this weekend. I got to get work, got to get to work on it. Um, and then on Twitter um, or X, I guess we call it now. Um I'm going to rebel, though. You know, I'm still on Twitter. Sorry, X uh, at Matt Smith, four one three, which is um, the handles right down there. And yeah, so uh, just, you know, keep following the pack. But I think they're going to make it easy for us to keep paying attention.
0: Thanks for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first lesson every day. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. And also make sure to tune back in to Locked On Women's Basketball tomorrow so our draft experts, M Hunter and Lincoln, uh, can recap their WNBA retrospect series. And I'm really excited about that as well.